It's a privilege to be here this morning, and I bring greetings from First Alliance Church in Billings, Montana, your sister church south of the border. Uh, normally, that's where I would be on this morning, uh, but we had the joy of coming and uh, visiting our folks. It's been a little while since we've been uh, part of your gathering as a church family, uh, but a deep privilege to us. If you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to invite you to turn to Philippians chapter 2. And or your apps, that all works too, Philippians 2, 5 through 16. I'm so grateful for the songs that we just sang. There's so many of God's words being spoken to us through song and lyric. And it weaves all together. We just sang about Christ in me, the freedom that we have in Christ. Uh, Galatians 5, 1, you know, it's for freedom that Christ sets you free. And God's going to invite us to, to stop and think about that. So I understand, I'm north of the border. I live on the other side. Uh, for a few years, we couldn't get across that border. We really wanted to, uh, but COVID got in the way, and I'm sure all of us know all about that. Uh, but there's some things that we kind of share in common, right? Because uh, school is coming back in a session. Uh, college or university, by the way, I went to the University of Lethbridge, so I got my teaching degree there, so spent a lot of time on that campus. Um, all these things are kind of kicking back in. And uh, so there's that that's going on, and yet you know this is Labor Day weekend, and there's a good number of us here this morning, but I'm thinking you're looking around saying, I don't see this person, that person. There's all these people that are gone because it's Labor Day. It's a long weekend, and uh, you understand with me what that means. Um, Labor Day has is, is got all these other stuff that comes, but what comes after Labor Day? The big reset, Right? <laughs> Because after Labor Day, on that Tuesday morning, you guys have new traffic laws you better pay attention to in the school zones, right? Uh, Tuesday morning, you're going to have people headed back to school, and you know, universities kicking in, and there's all the classes, and right now, the parents are already in the midst of big reset, right? Oh, kids got to get to bed a little bit earlier, or we're moving out of summer mode. we got all these things that we got to be trying to do. And uh, that's a pretty significant thing. Now, I understand, you know, it wasn't that long ago. It was Canada Day, and Whoop Up Day is just wrapped up and things like that. So some of us are still in summer mode. And that's why, you know, the pastor says, how's summer going? Oh, it's great. It's great. Everything's up. Everything's up. What do you mean? Well, man, attendance is up. I mean, it's up at the lake. It's at the cabin. It's in the mountains. Not so much happening here. Uh, That's summer mode. But while in our personal lives, we're about to do a big reset, we're also doing a big reset here. You heard about it this morning already. Hey, September 17th, two services. All these ministries are kicking off. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Make sure you invite a friend next week and so on and so on. It's the big reset because church is also resetting. And it's moving out of summer mode into fall mode. And uh, that's all good. Those, those are important things. At our church, over the summertime, we have something called Grill and Chill. So we're off doing barbecues and various things. And, and as we do those things during the summer months, it just feels different. It's a different style of ministry. But I guarantee you at First Lions Church, next weekend is reset. <laughs> and uh, that means my daughter might be singing on that worship team next weekend. Or there's other, you know, we're all doing these things uh, because it's that time of year. Now, that's great. That's life. That's what's going on. But I wonder spiritually, are you ready for a reset? Is there something that God wants to speak to our hearts about walking closely to Jesus and resetting and allowing him to speak deeply to us? We just sang a song that says, if you said it, I'll believe it. 
That's great. That's faith. Take God at his word. But there's another component of faith. If you said it, I'll do it. If you said it, I'll walk it out. I'll live it out. And what I want to share with us this morning from Philippians chapter 2 are some things that I think are pretty important by way of reset to say, Lord, would you help me to make sure that my spiritual life is everything that you want it to be? You see, a follower of Jesus is someone who puts their trust in Christ as Lord and Savior. That's true. There's a belief factor that comes into there. But there's an obedience factor that says, I'm going to live it out. So it's believe and do. And, and so how do we model this kind of life? And, you know, Matthew 6.33 talks about seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Now, hold on to that thought for just a moment and then think with me again about the culture in which we live. This is Labor Day weekend, celebrating those who work, those who invest so much in this country and in our community and so forth, right? All those kinds of things are true. Have you noticed that there's a change happening in the work world? There are, there are some people, for example, that um, are working way too many hours. And the average now is not 40 hours a week, it's 50 hours a week and climbing. And that's the average in our work world. But there's a whole generation of folks that are suggesting, you know what, that's just too many hours, and so I think I should get to work 25 hours a week, maybe 30, but pay me for 40. I like that arrangement. Now, if you're a business owner, you don't like that arrangement, right? But if you're the employee, hey, that, that could work, you know? So we got some that are saying, I just want to do my life and do my thing, and so I work, I do what I have to do, but then I want to do this stuff over here. And then there are others that are working so much, they have no other life. This, this is all they do. And as someone that uh, also was a student for many, many years, I can tell you that it's a ditch that's easy to fall into. You're always working. You're always going. You're always doing those kinds of things. Again, the Lord wants us to find balance in life and live life in a way that honors Him and puts Christ front and center. And then we take our faith and we live it out. So I'm going to give you three words that will help you with this. All right? Three words. Up, in, out. Three words. This is the rhythm of what it means to be a Christ follower. Up, in, out. And God's desire is that you and I would live a life that has all three of those components in a healthy balance and being lived out every day, all the time. And you're going to find those in Philippians chapter 2. We'll go to some other scriptures as well. But let's start with the up component. When you're looking at this letter to the Philippians, this is a very personal letter. The Apostle Paul has deep feelings for that church. It started out of a prayer meeting. Uh, Lydia and her household were some of the first to come to faith in Christ. Uh, as she became a believer, she said, if you really believe that I've come to faith in Jesus, I want you to stay at my house, use me, my house as a base of operations. And it started a long partnership in sharing the good news of Christ. And so Paul and others uh, lived there, uh, served in that region, uh, planted that church, this church in Philippi prayed for him. They gave. They sent people to him. Wherever he was out in the region planting churches, they would send people. So there were a lot of good things that were happening in this church. And Paul rejoices. He says, I just count it joy. You've partnered with me from the very beginning to right now. You've been so faithful. In Philippians chapter 2, there's a passage that many of us perhaps are familiar with. And it talks about Christ. Talks about his humility, his obedience to the point of death, even death on a cross, and then his exaltation to the highest place, the name above every name. And so you have this picture of Christ that's placed there. 
And, and the command, the instruction that's given to you and I is let your attitude be the same as that of Christ Jesus, verse 5. Let your attitude be the same as Christ, the same mindset, the same way of looking at things. And what's set before us is his spirit of humility, uh, his servant heart in obedience to the Father to the point of dying a criminal's death on the cross, and then be given the name that's above all names that every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Christ is Lord. How did Jesus live that out? And I want to suggest to you that at the heart and core of his life, when you look in the Gospels, when you study how he lived, it always came to this. He started with up. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Before daybreak, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Every day started with the Father. Every day there was the connection with the living God. Every day there was this time of finding a place, some solitude, some prayer, some reflection on the word. He lived that way, and, and he modeled something for us. He said, this is what I do. Now, if you look in Mark chapter 1, it says of the disciples, they had a hard time finding him. They were still at that point learning Jesus' rhythm of life. And what he was modeling for them was up, as in we connect with God every day. And as we do so, the Lord is able to speak some things into our lives. So this first spiritual uh, principle to put into practice is, is this idea of up. So Colossians 3.1 says what? It says, put your sights, your eyes on the realities of heaven. Focus on things above, right? Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Hebrews chapter 12, right? Let's keep running this race with perseverance, we're running after the Lord Jesus Christ. We're running the race with him. But we've got our eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith. So let me just ask a very simple question, beloved. Let me ask this. How's that going, this up piece? I mean, for some of us, is there anybody here who would say, I'm not a morning person? Yeah, okay, that's fair, right? So when pastors start talking about up and prayer and devotionals and early in the morning, for some of us, you tune me out right about there, right? Because I'm not that person. I, I'm not wired that way. I don't get up early in the morning. So on. that's okay. Can I share with you something a pastor shared with me many years ago? As we were just getting started, and there were things that God was trying to teach us and show us. He said, listen, Adrian, make sure whatever you do, give God your best time. If morning is your best time, Meet with him there and start there. If you're a night owl and you just, you, you just go, then if that's your best time, meet with God there. What matters is that you have time with him and you're building into the relationship and it starts by making that connection with the living God and prayer and through his word. And so that part just matters so much and it's so beneficial to our day. So this morning as I'm reading in my quiet time, I'm hearing phrases in scripture that go, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Didn't we just sing about that? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, in my weakness, you're strong. Lord, you're showing me those things. And, and as I'm in the Word and I'm in prayer and, and thinking about that, Lord, you have freedom to speak to my heart in that and, and help me grow deeper uh, in Christ. I want to get there. Here's what I don't want to do. Lord, I don't want to offer you time that's not my best. I, I don't want to do it in such a way that I'm giving you some time. Oh, by the way, Lord, this is kind of my leftovers. And I'm kind of tired. And you'll, you'll understand if I fall asleep while I'm praying. 
Now, I know it's happened. I've done that. You've done that. I understand that. What I'm saying is, can we offer God our best? And say, am I giving you my best? And so, Lord, it may be 10 minutes. It, it may be you know, a little bit longer than that. That's okay. It's not about length of time. It's about connection with God, quality time with Him. And that, and that just truly matters. So my wife and I have five kids, four grandkids now. Um, but raising those kids, you can imagine my wife, Diana, where does she find quiet time when you've got five kids? It's a little busy at our house, all right? At one time, what was it? Four preschoolers and all that kind of stuff. So what was my wife's strategy? She had Bibles tucked away in different parts of the house, and she could grab a little bit here and a little bit there, and through her busy day, there were things that she'd do there. I've got to be honest with you, though, her favorite place to be was the bathroom, why? Well, I can lock the door, and I get a few moments, and the kids know if mom's there, don't bother her. All right? Now, she didn't stay a long time, but she had a time. And when you're a mom with preschoolers, when you've when you got a busy life going on, you got to find a space. And you're busy. And when the kids get up, they're up and moving, and Lord, I still need that uptime. I still need that. For some of us, again, your pattern might look like this. I get up in the morning, I'm reaching for go juice. Got to get my coffee, got to get all that kind of stuff. I, I'm just not there if I'm not there. Um, up matters. Start with Christ. Allow that time to be a significant part of your day. It, it just matters so much more. Remember that uh, verse we just had read for us about prayer? Asking, seeking, knocking. Every one of those verbs says, I have to act on my will to pursue God. And the beautiful thing is God is waiting for us. He's waiting. And if you and I will practice this, if we'll put it in our hearts and lives and it becomes a holy habit, we find balance in life. Have you ever noticed how tough a day can go when you have no connection with God? You're choosing not to. You're just blowing through. I got to share this with you, Scott. I can't speak for you, but for this pastor, every once in a while, one of those days comes along, not good. That, that's, that's my story, right? Everybody, same struggle, same challenge. Spend that uptime with the Lord. Well, what about that second pattern? In, okay? Up, in. According to God's word, we serve a God who speaks. He speaks to us. He's got things he wants to say to us. Prayer is not a one-way communication where I just talk to God. I need to listen. I need to hear what he's saying to me. And so in Philippians chapter 2, as you read on, you'll notice in verse 11 and following, Paul talks about uh, these Philippians. You, you follow my instructions when I was with you. I'm away, so it's even more important. He says, work hard to show the results of your salvation in Christ. And God is working in you and giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. Basically, it's work out what God's working in. And, and so this in part is where we're listening to the Lord and inviting him to speak to our heart and soul, Lord, what is it you want to work on me now? Because God has an end goal in mind. Salvation is just the first step. It's vitally important. It's eternally important. Start with faith in Christ. Take that first step. But then we ought to ask, now what? I mean, what's next? What do I do from there? Well, the next step is, Lord, you, you want to speak to my life in such a way 
that you're working on me and I get to work out my salvation, the scripture says, with fear and trembling. In other words, treat it as a solemn responsibility and saying, Lord, I, I need to hear what you're saying to me and I need you to show me what I need to work on. And then, Lord, would you just keep reminding me what it is we're working on together right now? Here's some great news. When God was working on something in your life, he wants to see it completed. He's for you. Not against you in that. He provides by his spirit what we need. And and he builds that into our lives in such a way that as we have this up component and then we have this in component where we're inviting the Holy Spirit through Christ to come and speak to us, God is in this process of remaking us from the inside out. He's transforming us. God's end goal looks like this, 2 Corinthians 3.18. We with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory and we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. So here's what should be true. As we make this big reset, we're saying, I'm committing God to make that connect with you, the up, and and I want to hear the in part, and how are you making me more like Jesus? Not that we become God, but as we just sang, Christ in me, the hope of glory. And Lord, that there's more of Christ and less of me. More of who Jesus is and less of Adrian. Romans 8 9 says, Those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. And so we know from the scriptures here that the Lord is saying, I want to pour myself into you in such a way that you are becoming increasingly more and more and more like my Son. I want to see more and more of Christ in you. Can I ask the question again? How's that going? There's up. There's in. And Christ is desiring that your life and mine would reflect more and more of his. And so there's these attitudes sometimes we have or thought patterns that the Lord says, I want you to give that to me, and I want to renew your mind in such a way you're no longer conforming to the pattern of this world, but you're being transformed. Your mind, the way you think, is more and more like Jesus. So you have the attitudes of Jesus. You have the thoughts of Jesus. You have the lifestyle choices of Jesus. You're walking in his footsteps. And and he's working on us. More of Christ, less of us. Up, in. Third part is out. It's fascinating that as you read on in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, the Apostle Paul says, listen, you need to work out what God's working in. Okay, he's working in you. Work that out. But more than that, as he goes on, he says, you, you shine like stars in the universe. There, there's this darkness in this world in which we live, but you represent Christ, the light of the world, and, and you shine like those stars as you what? Hold out the word of truth. In other words, there's this out component in which Christ invites us to now turn, and with that which we've been given by the Lord, we're to serve others. And we're to bear witness to others. Uh, some of you know that Uh, There's a few of you, at least. I I do photography as a hobby, love to do it. One of my favorite things to do is to be out late at night in the dark where you can see the Milky Way with your naked eye, and you catch the glory of the heavens that declare who God is, and then capture that on camera and and just get the, oh, wow, one of those wow moments. Paul's telling you and I that when 
when we're allowing that connection with God to happen and he's working in us and transforming us to become more and more like Christ, the thing that God wants from that point forward is we're holding out the word of life, Christ, to those around us by serving them, by testifying to the goodness of God, by how we live our lives and pouring into others and unashamed of the gospel. Romans 1.16 says, I'm, just, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for the salvation of all who believe. And there's this righteousness that God gives. He tells us we're right with him through Christ. And we have nothing to offer to that. God's done it all. And so it's by grace we've been saved through faith. So we take that message and we take that which has God done in us and then we offer it to others. If, if you write notes down for something like this, a message or whatever, you might write down Genesis chapter 12 where it talks about Abram and the blessing that was given to Abram. And God's word to Abram was this, I'm going to bless you, and through your family, blessing is going to spread to the nations, and it will touch every nation on this planet. What is the blessing? Christ. This is the blessing. Abram, through you will come Messiah, Christ. Jesus will come. Jesus who offers himself in our place. We just celebrate that with communion. This is good news. This is a living hope. And friends, God's looking at your life and mine and saying, now, as the Father has sent me, Jesus said, I'm sending you. So there's this up connection. There's this in peace where I'm becoming more like Christ. And then the Lord turns around and says, oh, but I want you to get this now. I want you to represent me to this lost, broken, dying world. Would you agree with, we live in a broken world? Do you need any proof about that? Probably not, Right? A lot of darkness, a lot of brokenness all around us. What's the message of hope? It's the one who came as the light of the world to transfer people out of darkness into light. And you and I get to represent him. And the Lord invites us to be unashamed about that and to be open about that and invite others to follow uh, in this way. I'm just going to get a graphic put up on the screen here for a moment here as we wrap this up. And I want you to hear this word, big reset, again, because for some of us, it is a big reset. For some of us, though, the component of up is where it begins, as in I need that relationship with Christ. You may be on that journey, but you're not quite there yet. That's okay. You hear the Spirit calling you. The Lord Jesus is inviting you to place your trust and faith in Him and uh, Pastor Scott and the other staff here and just folks from this church family are happy to help you understand how do I have a relationship with God in Christ. It all starts there. That's the first step up. And then I need to maintain that daily, constantly. And for some of us, we've got some pattern changes we're going to have to make in our lifestyle, right? We're going to have to do it in a way where, Lord, you can just talk to us about what's going on in my life. And, and I want to make sure I make room for you that every day, I'm showing you with word and action that you're the priority. Seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness. And then there's this, this in peace where, Lord, you're, you're transforming me from the inside out. And for some of us, again, maybe that's the key piece that you take away this morning, saying, Lord, you've been trying to talk to me about some stuff, and I kind of ignored you, or I've just kind of done my own thing. And today, God's tapping your shoulder and saying, can we work on this now? Are you ready? It's really fascinating to me. There's numbers of scriptures where it says of the people of Israel, I'm your strength, I'm your salvation, I'm all of these things, those who trust in me, you're, you have peace, you have rest. And then it says this, 
but you did not want it. You would not accept it. Friends, I hope that's not you. Don't walk out of here today saying to God, thanks, but no thanks. When God say, no, I'm inviting you to come on a journey with me. There's the up connection. There's this in transforming peace. And then there's the out of serving others and representing Christ uh, to others. As our worship team comes and prepares to lead us in uh, just a close here, I want you to think about these words up in and out. And then I want you to hear these words from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. It's a powerful portion of Scripture. Just It's kind of a summary Scripture. And it says this, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand firm is battle language. It means dig in, don't budge, hold fast, right? Let nothing move you, the Scripture says. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know your labor in the Lord is not in vain. On this Labor Day, what might God be saying to your heart about up, in, out? And what it means to walk with Jesus, live for Jesus, represent Jesus to a lost and dying world? And what might God be speaking to our hearts about becoming more and more like Christ and being engaged in that way? And and Lord, it's different for each and every one of us. It's true. Can I give you one last piece of great news? If you were to go back to Philippians chapter 1 and verse 10, it says there concerning the Lord, He is faithful, He's steadfast, and He will finish what He starts. And the finished work is in Christ, and on that day, when Christ returns. By the way, when you're representing Christ, you understand what we're doing? We're working for the end of the world. Did you know that? We're pushing hard for the kingdom to come in all of its glory, for the king to return. And when he comes, everything changes for the rest of eternity. That's your privilege and mine to represent that to the people around us. And when we're in that place... God says, understand this, what I've started, I'll finish. And you are a good work created in Christ Jesus. God's masterpiece, it says in Ephesians 2.10, right? You're his masterpiece. And what he starts, he finishes. And he's inviting you to go on this journey today. Make the big reset. Take the steps that you need to. Walk with him. Know him. Love him. Represent him. Stand firm. Know that your labor is not in vain. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for these moments together. The truth of your word. Your word, Lord, is timeless, eternal. Every generation gets to wrestle with your word in that way and invite you to do all that you want to do. We sing the songs, Father. Uh, We read some of these scriptures. But Father, until you by your spirit create a conviction in our hearts and, and there's freedom on your part, God, to do all that you want to do, we will not fully take the steps you're inviting us to. So Father, those three words, up, in, out, God, bring them back to our minds and our hearts in this week. Remind us that this labor is not in vain, but that God, you will change us from the inside out. You have an amazing way to take Jacob, the one who's clinging to the heels, the one who's deceptive at times, twisted, the the Jacob 
of Scripture, you turn them into Israel. It's what you want to do for all of us. You want us to look more and more like Christ. So God, walk with us in that way. Help us by your Spirit to take these steps and to be faithful, Father, to say, Father, as you lead, I will follow because Christ is calling. And I want to say yes. In Jesus' name, amen.